Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One alive, one dead, one fictional. It's up to you who you choose, you pick them all. It's up to you who you choose, you pick them all. Who you having? Make it who you wish. This is your dinner party. And it's your guest list. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Guest List with Jake Lambert, the podcast where I interview comedians to find out who would be their perfect dinner party guests. But they can only pick three. One has to be alive, one has to be dead, and one has to be fictional. This week we are joined by Catherine Bohart. Catherine and I um, sort of started out together, uh, but we've only actually gigged together a handful of times, which we talk about in the podcast but it's really lovely to catch up with her she has been putting um her own gig on each week online called gigless uh which is from her home obviously on zoom and she gets acts uh great acts to to come on uh, and do sort of 10 minutes and it's uh, i think it's only a couple of pounds and it's so fun to do i did it um did it a couple of weeks ago and it was really fun and she's putting on a festival later this month so um, if you're missing comedy, uh, then check it out. I'm going to keep this short because um, it's quite a long episode. So I want to keep it under an hour. And uh, also, um got vaccinated today, uh, which uh, wasn't expecting it. Got a text last night from my uh, uh, doctors to say that I could go and have it done. No idea why. Um, I went there today and nobody there seemed to know why. I had been told to come and get it either, but um, it was, it was uh, yeah, good. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't sound more excited. It's amazing. I've been given the vaccine for this huge um, thing, virus. But um, yeah, it's ma- it makes you feel a bit cloudy that that might be coming across here. Um, but luckily for you uh, and Catherine, I hadn't had it before we had this chat, so I'm perfectly fine. Well, you know, better. Enjoy the episode. It's really fun. We had such a good time doing it. And I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Catherine Bohart. I was going to say about, I was trying to think of the last time we gigged together. But I can honestly only think of late 2017 when we went to Bath Uni for Mark Olver. Did you drive me there? Yeah, and we had Nando's afterwards. Yes, it was lovely. But the best thing about it was we went to get napkins at the service station with the MS in the service station and we both removed the top one from the public <laughs> use and then took one underneath. I recall and then had a little, lovely little bond on the way being like, I never use the first bit of the little roll. No, me neither. Exactly. Oh, that's so lovely. And then uh, yeah, because I when I go like shopping, I'll always take the second thing, especially if I'm picking up yeah. like cereal or sweets, because I just know that a child would have picked it up and asked his mum for it and she would have put it back. So I'm like, well, already two people have touched it. So I always go for like the one behind the cereal. And then we real- that's when we realised this connection. We realised, yes, we are both mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also right in every possible way. And no oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, it turns out, especially now, <laughs> we were was- so ahead of the curve. Oh, my gosh. I keep... Um- trying to explain to my mom my mom's like how's your OCD and I'm like well you know everything every doctor has been telling me for years is irrational behavior is now government policy so <laughs> um <laughs> I'm like I guess I was right all along no, 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 no. and I'm like yes I know but come on let me have it come on antibacterial gel well yes. I mean Already, my, my start of um, my last animal show we were allowed to do, I would go out and sort of like high five a couple of people on the front row, then pull out my antibacterial gel and do that and then like carry <laughs> on with the show. <laughs> and that would get a laugh. And now that would just be 
can you also give some to us, please? Well, no yeah. one's going to hide that. That's so true. No one would. It's even so dated. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny. Oh my god, you can't use your OCD stuff because it looks like hack COVID. <laughs> It, it's it's gone from being aren't I weird to spot on observations. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. like yes, we all do that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're just another guy. This is pretty stark. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was we and we at Fernando's because we must have finished so early that we had dinner in the town city. What is Bath? Yeah. City? City? City. Town? City. City. Um lovely place. That's all we know. Very um, nice. Lovely Nando's. Lovely Nando's. That is all we saw of it, but it was lovely. Really nice. And then we drove home again. And we discussed everything and everyone. So I, we I can't mean, repeat a lot a, of it. What but. a surprise. It's like 36 minutes into this and we still haven't started the podcast. I'm like, well, you know, we, we're a pair of talkers. Yeah, we had a lovely time. But we don't meet together that often. No, I think it's maybe because we're so similar. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it must be, because especially when I do my Irish act now. Yeah, that checks out. I mean, you're joking, but also I'm like, eh, anal, like, white, effeminate. Oh, yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we actually are. Yeah, we're pretty. That's why. Both into ladies. I think, that, yeah, I think they're just like, we, ha- we already have a Jake. We can't have cancer. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that is the thing, isn't it? You just don't gig, which is actually terrible for your uh, social life because it means that anybody that you're similar to in any way if you have the same interest as somebody you cannot gig together anymore no you won't you won't ever see each other it's like zoe lines and i couldn't believe last night we were on the same bill and zoe was like wait so you're on and then you're on and then i'm on and i was like yeah they have like they didn't even put a straight person between us we were like what's going on i don't understand see that's yeah. when the producer needs to think of jake lambert right <laughs> It's like a canal boat. You just need something just to balance out to the next bit and then you can just carry on. Oh, I'll mention you next time. I'll be like, you know what we really need here? Um, but yeah, so... Um, My I'm next editor talking- hour will be called Palette Cleanser. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't know that the premise will f- float everyone's boat. <laughs> had, had enough lesbians? Well, come see this straight man well oh, it would be a an ardent but small audience <laughs> but they'd really be committed to the cause um yeah i think also we have that thing where um you know we're at we started at the same time and we mm. are at the same, same level so there's just such a long time isn't there where it's like you're trying to be the open spot that's the thing yeah the middle spot and then you're trying to open in clubs and then you try like we probably won't ever get to gig together because we're you know trying desperately to be in those little spots and there's only only one of them on each that's true and I guess do you because I think the actually the only time oh I think I've just remembered maybe one time we have gigged together since then which was um the hellfire in Wickham when you were comparing and I think that will be it when it if one of us is yes. comparing and one of us is opening. However, I don't know about you, absolutely despise comparing. Oh, I love it. Oh my God, if I've left the stage, why do I have to go back on? I'm only, go, I'm, I'm only <laughs> ever gonna go back on, not for an encore. Oh, I absolutely love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. I love it so much. If I'm feeling out of sorts, the best thing I can do is compare. Cause oh. it's like, it's chatty, it's conversational, it's looking for fun. And I don't have to, and I feel like the complete, the pressure is completely off me. Like I just need to set up a nice room, make sure everyone feels comfortable. It feels like hosting a dinner party. And then, um, Lovely segue. yeah. And then I don't have to, but it's not like on me. Like I'm not cooking, you know, I'm just the, I'm just the partner who's making cocktails in the living room. <laughs> Again, progressively more drunk throughout the evening. Yeah, exactly. And no one minds because she it's too fun. The the good thing and the advice I will give to there's two bits of advice I'll give to anybody who's comparing because I I can do it and I, and I don't mind it when I'm there but the idea I just feel like I'm having to work more than I normally would. Oh, only, I feel the complete inverse. That's so oh, mad. How funny. So mad. Are different approaches to it. Well, in that yeah. case, from now on, if you just get more comparing gigs, yeah, <laughs> we'll get together. Happy days. The advice I would give is. The amount of times people would come up to you after you've compared and gone, 
because the audiences, they do not, unless they're savvy, they do not know that you're a comedian. For some reason, they think that they've brought in some local host to sort of string the evening together, which is why people come up to you afterwards and say, you were really good. You should give that a go as well. So the one good thing is the pressure is completely off. There's no pressure on you. The other comedians will put the pressure on you to say, please make them warm for me. And the audience, you are, well, I guess you are, uh, which is what I should be comparing more, the palate cleanser. <laughs> it's, actually, yeah. it's actually the role I was born to it do. It almost feels like <laughs> you're meant to be there. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, when you walk out, look at the audience. Whoever is clapping the loudest, speak to that person. Whoever is trying to make a show of it when you come out and trying to get the attention, that is the time to give that person the attention. You save That's the other true. comedians that, from having to deal with him, and it is a him. Yeah. And <laughs> you... <laughs> Unless there's like a really hammered woman, it's usually a him. And, it, it, and if, if there's a woman there, look down at her bottle or her glass. If it's rosé, speak to her. Yeah. <laughs> It's true, but if it's empty, do not touch that. <laughs> if you've just come out and the bottle's empty, no, he will be asked to leave before the first break. You don't have to deal with her. You're fine. You're yeah, the, fine. you can't check in with her in the second half. She no. won't be there. <laughs> no, there's no continuity there. No, it's true. <laughs> good advice. Do you host dinner parties? Yeah, I do. I I love cooking. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. I imagine you're very good at it. You're very well, particular in everything from um from taking the second napkin to joke writing. Yeah, I love it. And I love feeding people. And I love my mom was always a big dinner party person. Like that's oh. I, I think so much of the my excitement around dinner parties is still born of like being allowed to go in and say hello to people before you went to bed when they were having a dinner <gasps> party and it always looked so glamorous and divine and so exactly yeah. that the lighting the music the snacks oh yeah yeah hey, yeah yeah, yeah. The, the whole day you sort of feel like as well in the build-up to that my mum despite the fact that she would be um busy getting everything ready you you're slightly treated because they think you're going to be banished to your room for the evening so you sort of get quite looked after and you get to sort of help yourself to a couple of snacks you get the vibe of it I love it actually that's so it and also just like yeah and you know the little symbols of like what was about to come like more than one glass per person on a table Um, (laughs) you know like a choice about how you were going to put the napkins and where um I used to set the table for my mom oh right lovely yeah just you know it was post Titanic we all knew that you started outside (laughs) the cutlery so it was like oh god we could put as many forks down as we like it was just so exciting and then yeah so I have definitely always been a dinner party person even like before it was age appropriate so right yeah so like in uni I was the kind of person who was like come for dinner and then would have like eight people at a gym and people would be like I just I don't know we just sort of wanted to bring a vodka and and they did they like brought (laughs) half a bottle of vodka or like six cans for themselves and then we're like why is there a starcher? Are you wearing an apron? What's happening? I don't, are we not going out after? What's up? I'm so full. I'm so full. Eating is cheating. I don't like it. No. So you've got, um, um, they're, they're expected to go to Oceana and you've got Trivial Pursuit in the middle of the table. Yeah, I mean, if we even had time to get to that, I was probably still serving a sorbet. Like, I was like, I don't, yeah, just, just waiting for the cheese course. Um, so no, I think way before it was age appropriate and now it finally is and we're not allowed to do them but once we're allowed to have them again yeah I'm definitely a dinner party girl and I love like a theme without it being over mm. as in like just food wise like I like to pick a cuisine and go with it um and yeah what's your favorite also, cuisine I have the assume cookbook and I love making <gasps> Indian food it's so oh good. also that book never fails and everyone's always very impressed um, although here's the problem with the Dishume cookbook is that I personally think one of the great virtues of having a dinner party should be that when you're hungover the next day, you get to eat the leftovers. But people always eat the Dishume food. Ah, I see. And Indian is, I actually, I think I prefer Indian the next day. Oh my God, it's amazing. But this, 
So now I've become the kind of woman who, when I'm cooking for a dinner party, just makes extra and just plates it for the next day. <laughs> so I'll put it in the fridge. And I'm like, that's for hungover, Catherine, tomorrow. <laughs> put it straight into Tupperware, so it's got the real leftover feeling. <laughs> Rip up a bit yeah. of naan bread and put that in there. <laughs> Some people are like, any left? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> glad you liked it well portion control am i right <laughs> um so yes an answer very long-winded answer to your question yes i'm a dinner party girl i imagine you'd be a good host I, th- I think i'd be a good host but i did the same thing as you when i was at university where i'd get annoyed at my flatmates for having not done the washing up before people came over i was like the house has to be spotless oh my god it has to be so ready for a party that, sorry that gave me palpitations like sorry why would the washing up not be done why have we done prep if we don't want everything out of the way it's not just exactly. a dinner party it's an experience and more is the point they're going to look around the house do you want them to think we're filthy i want you to relax what are you talking about sorry jake i have a lot of feelings about this oh my god i can remember being in my bedroom and hearing my housemate nick complained to his girlfriend that I'd left a note for people to do the washing up. And I was like, it's my birthday and people are coming over. It has to be spotless. And then obviously that was when I realised that I was, that's when I realised I was different. (laughs) (laughs) If I'd been your housemate, I'd have been like, it doesn't have to be his birthday. If he used it, you clean it. What is the problem? (laughs) It's not your birthday. You don't get the day off from cleaning up after yourself. What are you talking about? Oh my god, that's hate. Oh, oh, breathe. Yeah, needless to say, um, I don't know if you have this, but where often one of the problems with me having a dinner party because I do so much meticulous prep and it takes so long, and also the house has to be spotless, is that by the time the dinner party starts, I'm exhausted. Yes, yes, I can imagine because Completely. you've got to the point of prepared you almost just want to sit back and just watch people just have a lovely evening and know that it was yeah. all your work yeah but also i need them to leave at like 10 30 because i've been working all day i'm like i've been up since eight you gotta go <laughs> <laughs> or i get hammered because i'm so tired well this is your so perfect dinner party so it can be any time of the day you want you can have you can have a brunch okay maybe i could have like with last night's dishoom yeah but maybe i could have like a chef you can have a chef, of course. I think that's my dream is to be like wealthy enough that maybe I've paid someone to clean the house. Maybe I've paid someone to cook the dinner. Maybe, I mean, obviously I need some time to do it right after the cleaners left, but I, well, most of the hot heavy lifting. <laughs> maybe I've gotten up at like 10 and gone for a run and just had a nice oh, day. Oh, lovely. Work. Yeah. And just a, a going out for dinner in your own living room. Yeah. Bloody hell, imagine that. Well, I don't want to put a bleak spin on this, but post-lockdown, a lot of restaurants would have shut down. So there'd be a lot of chefs looking for work. You'd probably hire <laughs> one for the night. That is bleak. Um, <laughs> but yes. Uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Anyone's listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still think that you were thinking post-lockdown, I'll have more money than I think I will. <laughs> That's all right. We're all, we've also been... <laughs> very much uh, in an industry that has collapsed but hey sure yes let's imagine well maybe in the future in the future but or best second best case scenario i've cleaned the house the day before i don't have housemates i've chosen a low-key dinner the face suggests <laughs> that's not gonna that, just that's not gonna three courses <laughs> and, um, and yeah maybe that would be fine I mean, already I can see you're literally wincing at the idea of this. I do, I'm, it, it would never, okay, but yeah, I could try. Catherine, it's a knock at the door, first guest of the evening. Do I not have a doorbell? Oh, sorry, do you have a doorbell? No one's ever yeah. complained. Oh, okay, you've got a doorbell. Well, I just, I mean, I won't hear mm-hmm. every knock. Covid times, do people want to press the doorbell? Maybe they, maybe the knuckles against wood is better. Do you have a wooden door? Um, be be extreme to have a metal one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just live in an apartment block, so I wonder if um if I'd hear a knock on the external door. <laughs> <laughs> You're passed out asleep on the sofa. <laughs> I've been up since six a.m. preparing for this. Um, okay, sorry. So the knock at the door. So, there's a the buzzer. So do they have to buzz in for you've got one of those phones? 
Yeah, so they buzz in, I'll let let them in. They buzz in, they buzz, you let them in, they come up the stairs, you've just done a last 30 second check, and now they've knocked at the door. It's your first guest of the evening, it's your live guest. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, Well, I need you to know that when she's coming up the stairs, I can't really breathe, because she is an icon, and I can't believe she agreed to come here, and I have been in some ways to her house for dinner but she won't have noticed because there were a lot of us and um when I say her house I do mean Dolly World and um it's Dolly Parton oh my god it's Dolly Parton and I can't believe she's here and it's so exciting and oh my god is she gonna be able to get through the door she has such big hair it's such beautiful big (laughs) hair she is she's an oh my god she's so nice she's so modest I can't believe she's here oh my god I hope she likes my food wow Dolly incredible and she's vaccinated you're vaccinated because of her because of her oh my god i love her such an amazing choice uh second time she's come to a dinner party on the podcast um and i I don't want to stereotype the irish comedians but joanne mcnally (laughs) (laughs) yeah because she's like i mean irish people love country music and um and she is, and we love all things American, and we love big hair, we love a hoop, we love a strong lip. Oh my God, like she is, she looks not unlike a lot of Irish grandmothers. Um, and she's just, but also she just, I think that it makes sense that Irish people love her because her music is just pain. <laughs> and, and that is that is our like colloquial you know go-to and yeah she's just a woman in pain with her veins open and I love her and which we discussed she uh so I discussed with Joanne that she wrote nine to five and Jolene on the same day she's unbelievable she's unbelievable she's and incredible she, and she writes them so fast and I mean, I just, also, she's just, her capacity for, like, modesty when she is essentially the world's greatest songwriter. Like, I watched her in an interview talking about, um, is it I Will Always Love You, covered by Whitney Houston. And she was Mm. talking about how, like, when she heard the cover, she had to pull over and was just, and wept and was just so astounded that she'd done this, service to her music and that it was so like so much better than her version and she couldn't believe it could like make her feel those things and it's like wow lady like yes Whitney Houston's version is incredible and yes when you listen to them they're both beautiful versions but Mm. it is an unbelievable it's like an escalation of like having listened to the Dolly version so many times I wouldn't have necessarily heard Whitney's had I not like you know in that if, if I was listening to it for the first time my point is, she's just so modest and joyous and joyful, and I love her so much, and she must never die. I, and I'm similar to that. When I watch Mock the Week and watch a comedian deliver a joke that I wrote for them, I sometimes just have to lean back on the sofa and just be like, look at this. They took my words, <laughs> and they put their spin on it, and I'm so proud of them and proud of me. <laughs> you have to pull over your car and be like, ah, I didn't even know what could be said. It's a lovely choice. Have you, and I, d- I don't know, um, I'm, I'm obviously a fan of hers. I know she's got the podcast, Dolly Parton's America. Um, have you seen her live? No, I wish I'd seen her live. It's my uh, very much on my to-do list pretty much as soon as this is over. I hope I get to see her live if she ever tours again. Uh, but I adore her. And I, like I say, I went to Dolly World with my family when we were in Florida when I was a teenager. Much right. of my much of my insistence. She wasn't there, but we had a great time. Um, I used to have all of her songs on cassettes that I kept in one of my dad's old briefcases. Amazing. Wow, I sound old. And uh <laughs> I love her so much. And also she's just like a queer icon and such a nice lady. And managed to stay so relevant. But you know. That doesn't surprise me because actually I think she didn't just do that. I think she's always been ahead of her time. 
Oh. And that's why she's got remained relevant. Like, you know, she was singing about like domestic abuse and abortion and women's rights, oh. like like Have decades I, ago. I misunderstood her songs. No, it's just that they're not always, they're not like her chart toppers. Oh, right. I thought, <laughs> no. I thought maybe the, the clinic was open nine to five. No. And- <laughs> planned parenthood (laughs) (laughs) but like she's just phenomenal and I think um but even even nine to five like a fun little ditty but that she wrote in an afternoon when she was on set filming it but it is also about capitalism and like and the death of people's dreams and an endeavor to conform and like survive oh if you if you don't sort of, I think up until maybe three or four years ago, I'd only ever listened to that song uh, at sort of at a wedding um, yeah. or, or, or in the cheese room uh, of a nightclub. But when you actually listen to the words, it's phenomenal and it tells a full story. In fact, it was only um, early 2018 that I discovered that that's also a, um, that it's also a film. I didn't even know it was a film. I was that mm-hmm. ignorant and I apologise to Dolly okay. and to you as a fan. And to Jane Fonda. <clears throat> And to Jane Fonda. I still haven't watched it. But I believe it came out in 1985. Is that right? Oh my gosh, before we were born. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't even bothered to watch it. I didn't even know she, she... So she wrote that on set. I believe so. So she, she was filming that film, writing that song, whilst her husband was having some sort of flirtation with Jolene. She had so much going on <laughs> in her life. 85 was a real big year for Dolly. Yeah, a huge year. A huge year. Here she is, close to 30... Six years later, and she's just saving the world. Yeah. And not just like, like, yes, I think we're all like, oh my gosh, with COVID, she's been so present, but also just quietly providing books for children in her state and other states across oh. the US. For a long time, she's had these mobile libraries and provided books for kids all over her, all over her state. And you're like, you're just that's a lovely. cool lady. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I was, I, annoyingly, what I was trying to do there was think of another one of her songs to make a library joke, but um, the best <laughs> I could do again was the library's open nine to five. It's just a repeat <laughs> the same joke. And it's slightly lighter take than the abortion clinic, but... Um... Sure. But the thing is that she's like... I The reason I really like Dolly as a comedian is she's hilarious. And she had this sort of like ethos where you, you know, you tell the joke before they can, you say what they're going to, what they, so say what they're thinking about you beforehand so that you own it and then you can disrupt it. That's always been her. So like, she knows she makes like her song and her songs are like funny and take, do exactly that. So like, is it dumb blonde? Is that what one of them's called? And it's like a bit like, she does a lot of that taking ownership of how she looks and how she's perceived and she did that a lot when she was younger on chat shows oh. and it was basically like yes I know what you're thinking and then she'd be smart and impressive and and funny and these male hosts would be like oh what can they do incredible yeah. okay so Dolly's here and I'm very pleased she doesn't seem like a big eater not a big eater but a big drinker I hope so she seems like a whiskey kind of girl Oh, yes. Are you a whiskey girl? Not really, but I would join Dolly for a bourbon <laughs> if that's what she wanted or anything. If she wanted something peaty and smoky, I'd drink it with her. Sure. Whatever she wants. I thought maybe I'm, I'm out. I realised what I did there. I, th- I was going to say, I thought you'd be a whiskey drinker. I realised what I've done is just realised that Irish whiskey is a thing and just sort of lazily oh, yeah. put it together. No, it's okay. Yeah. People always assume I drink Guinness or whiskey and I drink neither. Um, oh. In the way that like most English people don't exclusively drink cider. I, yeah. I don't, I can't do Guinness. I did the, uh, in 2013, I did the Guinness tour um, oh, thinking nice. this might make me like Guinness and then it did not make me like Guinness. It just made me know more about Guinness. Yeah, a lovely tour. What a nice view from the top of the building. And I, they made nice um, champagne and Guinness cocktail that I could drink half of and was like huh you could do the champagne half yeah and then I moved on yeah we're supposed to make these together no it's fine it's fine yeah (laughs) it's all right what's up this 
There's another buzzer followed by some walk up some stairs. Are you, up, are you upstairs? Yeah. I mean, I think, oh God, I feel bad that she has to go up the stairs by herself. I'll go down and get her. You know, it's really interesting having this guest here because usually when I have a dinner party, this is whose music I play. So it's Etta James. Should, do I know Etta James songs and not Etta James's name? Um, very likely that you do know Etta James's songs and not Etta James's. Uh, no. She like sang um, I'd Rather Go Blind. It's my favourite of her songs. Can you give us a rendition? No, or Tell Mama, or um, At Last. You all know At Last. Oh, At Last. There we go. Yeah. And at Last, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, a I song like, I know. What would you know? I was like, <laughs> you all know. I was like, if you don't know, At Last. Everyone knows At Last. Yes. So that's Edda James. And I, I, she's like my happy music. I listen to her. And I mean, she's also another like pain uh, focused lady when it comes to music. But I, but I listen to her when I cook usually. So if I'm having a dinner party, I'll usually listen to her while I cook and then um, have her on. And she's very relaxing. And yeah, I love her music. So God, I've only picked musicians. Interesting. Oh, is that, is that a clue for who the third one is? Um, or not? We'll see. No, it's actually but, not. Um, sorry. <laughs> are people going to hate me for for not having known this 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 lady? I feel like no. Actually, since you said it, I knew the name. Oh, I've googled her. Oh, she doesn't look how I thought she'd look. I think people get Ella Fitzgerald and Etta James confused, maybe because they're like like jazz and of a certain era so maybe there's that um but right. i i adore her and um and if i don't think it's that unusual not i think it's okay to not know her also like anybody who gets annoyed about anyone being like i can't believe you don't know this musician that i know i'm like oh just <laughs> shut up like you're not teenagers you didn't invent them like give over <laughs> like no, come on i just think get a personality you know like it's fine if you don't know her, but do have a listen to her because I think you'd like her and she's really relaxing and she has a beautiful voice and she just is like, I'd rather go blind is like vengeful and pain laden and is like, I would literally rather lose my sight than see you with another woman. And like, and, it, and that, oh God, and she does it in the most like dreamy, soothing, like, unbelievable tones and she's amazing or like she has another song that's basically like oh yeah you're all enjoying this wedding cool well for me uh for them the wedding's starting you know their life's starting together for me my life is over and you're like yes oh yes she's just drama 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 and i love it that's a lot of story to tell in a in a song she's not dissimilar to dolly which is why i think they'll get on this evening would they have met would they have moved in similar circles Oh my God, I'd love if they'd met. I'd love it. They have such different voices. Etta is like deep, soulful, and Dolly is that like high register and like um, vibrato sort of like, uh, but I, yeah, but they both sing such similar things, which is like storytelling, as you've just said. I, what, the one song I forgot to mention of Dolly's earlier and last time she was mentioned on the podcast is Island in the Stream. <gasps> it's a banger. It's, it's incredible. Such a, banger. It's such a banger. She but she has so many songs where you're like, she wrote this? Yeah, yeah. right. You're just like, oh, she's she's written them all. Yeah, because I, I don't I, honestly when you when you mentioned the um was it Celine Dion? Oh, the Whitney song. Whitney song, sorry, the Whitney song. Um, I didn't realise she'd written that. I didn't oh, even yeah. know. But the, that's what I'm saying, is I spent half the time listening to her music going, this was her. Ah. Huh. And like, and the Whitney song, you could even listen to um, that version by, like the original by Dolly, and they don't sound similar. Like, it's a ah. different... You know what what Whitney's version did is, and I think what Dolly spoke to is like, oh wow, you took that a whole different direction and up a thousand notches. And um, yeah, she's an incredible songwriter. Oh wow, and still going, and still then, because you said uh, you haven't seen her live. She's still touring. I hope so. I mean, I think she still does live. Sh- she must do live shows. Yeah. If yeah. What if I so ask nicely? If- 
I feel like I've I've I've, I've gone back to Dolly and trampled over Etta James, and it's we okay. mustn't disrespect Etta. No, who, we really mustn't because she's unbelievable. It's so nice on this podcast because you're right. You know the way people go, uh, I can't believe you haven't heard of this person, or you have to see this film, or blah blah blah, or you haven't seen it, and they get sort of annoyed. Um, I feel like people should enjoy more saying here is a film that you will enjoy or here is a singer that you will enjoy that you may not have explored yet. And it's, so I'm taking them away going amazing. Tom Allen mentioned a book about um, the Buddha of suburbia. So I went and, I went and rendered that from the library. Um, nice. Yeah. Not, not oh, Dolly's. Dolly but, would uh... be so proud of you for using the library though. <laughs> but, but Edna James is fascinating because on the one hand, she was this like glamorous soul R&B jazz musician and her music is so timeless, but she had, and like, she's so well-respected, you know, even now, but she had such a difficult life. Like she had drug issues and legal issues and I'm pretty sure a horrible marriage Oh, um, blimey. And she, so I, I think she was addicted to heroin. Um, oh. Yeah, like really, really big time pain. And then, yeah, she went to prison. Uh, she was arrested for heroin possession. And what? Okay, I'm now just Googling her. Um, <laughs> so her husband accepted responsibility when they were both arrested for heroin possession and served a 10-year prison sentence. Oh um, yes, yeah, she was arrested in 1974 for heroin possession um, and was sent to a drug treatment instead of prison, but then became addicted to methadone. I mean, just horrendous. Amy. But then in, when she was 50, she got treatment again. Oh. So does seem to have gotten dependency on painkillers anywho i'm not doing her justice because she was not just a person who was addicted to drugs she was a phenomenal musician and i think that you would like her music and if you haven't heard her music i think that um she then made like so she had all of that those issues and then the, i think in the 80s really seven year itch which is one of my favorite albums and it's like her comeback album and she's just oh she's just amazing and she's so Oh, she really like, you know, when you listen to music and it makes you feel both lighter and like takes you to a different place. Like she just, yeah. Anyway, sorry. What a rant. The point is no, that her nothing. and Dolly will have a lovely time sat beside each other. And listen, now that I've done that research, I might probably just check if Etta's drinking these days before I do a whip round with the whiskeys. And, um, but my God, I think those two are going to have a lot to talk about. There's a kind of two, actually, though, now that I think of it, they're a little bit of an obnoxious pair to sit together because it might be that you're trying to have a good chat and by the end of the evening, they've punched out a song. Right. Alternatively, you're absolutely shattered from organising the dinner party. You can just go and relax on the sofa and them two are going to be perfectly fine. Oh, that's a good point. But at the same time, like, is there anything worse, even if they're musicians, than like a jam sesh at a dinner party? Oh my God. If you've got a guitar, <laughs> get rid of that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but Dolly doesn't even need a guitar. She has, um, she has, what do you call An it? App. Like, no, she's written songs to like, just like to her nails on a, on a phone. Oh God. She, yeah, she uses the acrylics to just, if she needs to. So, you know, like between the pair of them, they probably both have long nails and they're so glamorous. They, they You're going to have to go. Uh, there's a weird theme with this dinner party. It's it's to shume food, but you all have to wear boxing gloves. <laughs> I guess I could make an exception for Etta and Dolly to jam out, but I don't think the neighbours will be thrilled. So listen, that's my two so far. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, perfect timing. Just as they're about to start jamming, they're interrupted by the buzzer going again. There's another knock at the door. It's the third guest of the evening. It's your fictional choice. Yes. Uh... Uh, people have said the hardest to pick. Um, oh, really? But but I guess did you find that easy? Um, I just thought, you know, who would have a nice time with these people? Who like who? I who do I think would add to it? Um, so hopefully not a musician. Not a musician. Um. She's not a musician. She is another glamorous woman who I think probably has tried drugs, probably like understands how long it takes for Dolly to get ready, probably loves Etta's music, loves Dolly's music, would just be delighted to be there. I also, I think, you know, the other two are high stakes. I just wanted somebody who'd just be pleased to be invited. Um, So fictional character played by Jennifer Coolidge of... Legally Blonde Fame, oh. the manicurist from that film, whose character name is Paulette Bonafonte, I think, or Bonafonte. Do you know her? No. So, the Bend and Snap Lady. <laughs> I've seen Legally Blonde once, and I know it's got a bit of a cult following it, and it should actually be rewatched, and I should re-enjoy this film. Okay, right. Uh, that's not even ringing a bell, but she looks she looks like she's going to get on very well with Dolly and Etta. So this is this is the actress. Nothing. Yeah. I'm just keep getting photos of Jennifer Coolidge. She's she's very um. She looks like she was the mum in um American Pie. Was she in American Pie? Uh, I'll check. Um, um yeah, she, she is was. right. Jeffrey's mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. So she has a a style. Uh, people will yeah. now be able to picture her if they if they don't have as as Paulette. Paulette from Legally Blonde, was it? Paulette, yeah. Paulette. So Paulette did Reese Witherspoon's nails. And um, <laughs> she is, she has like a really horrible boyfriend and a crush on the uh, delivery, male delivery guy. And um, Reese Witherspoon's character teaches her the bend and snap where you draw attention to your buttocks by bending over and then snapping back, on which point you draw attention to your lady boobies. And then, um, don't know why they had to be lady boobies, but you know. It does, then, in case men are listening, it does not work for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just think she's got like a really soothing energy. She'd be delighted to be on a night out with the girls. She, um, I think she has a lot of pain. And I think Etta and Dolly could help her work through that. But if, I mean, the, the connection, Connecting uh, theme for the three of them is that they all seem to be in pain, Catherine. Oh, and I think oh. they all wear a long acrylic. Yeah. And big um, hair, high, high hair. Yeah, are you going to uh, go for this look for the evening? Do you know, I, would, I feel like in an ode to them, I would quite happily have higher hair and longer nails, but... Um, but Trying to cook. Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, I want to be myself and I, uh, Good. you know, should any of them make a move, you know, I wouldn't have a bedroom, a bed in the room like you would, but I, you know, I want to be like, I want to be ready. I don't have to take off acrylics. You know what I mean? So, um, oh, 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 
There's not a woman in that bunch that I would turn down, by the way. And um, is, is there a woman in that bunch that is of that persuasion? Not that I know. He says in the most white male way you can ask that question. <laughs> of the lesbian persuasion. No, I don't know. I don't know. But also they're all very creative women. Come mm. on. I've at least thought about it. You can but dream. I can dream. Pick three women you'd be willing to be married to and then go from there. I, I hate to do this for you, to you on the podcast, but um, I'm now going to have to ask for you to, to choose just one that you would have if you if you could, if one of them was to make a move on you. Parts and James or Coolidge, who are we going with? Oh, that is so tricky. That's so tricky. I think. I want the I want the audience to know that we currently have head in hands. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> It's because I think my heart says Etta, my head says Dolly, and the teenage boy in me says Paul <laughs> Etta. So it's like, what do I do here? Um, I'm going to go Etta James just because I think I would love to see her with a stable home. I think that like oh, she nice. deserves to be taken care of and to be shown that somebody loves her as much as she loves because my God, that woman loves in the most strong way. But also it's really hard for me to turn down Dolly. Oh my God. Oh, I'm, I'm sticking with Etta. You're sticking with Etta. And it's, it's such uh, a lovely part of your character to suggest that what I offered you was a one night stand and what you offered her was protection and love and care. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Oh God! I'm so yeah. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. What a twat. Now we've got quick fire questions to suggest what your dinner party might be like. Now, because you are such a good guest, because you give so much detail, some of these questions you've already basically answered. Okay, I'll go quick fire. I understand what we'll you're go. saying. We'll- <laughs> <laughs> You've sort of covered some of it, is what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Beer or wine? Wine. Whiskey or gin? For my own preference, gin. Meat or vegan? Vegan. Starter or dessert? What the fuck kind of host has to choose? What? (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what the situation would be, but um, they've not got enough... I don't know what the situation would be there, but basically just do you prefer starters or dessert? I'm a good host. I said this at the top, I thought. Yeah, you got both. You got both. Sorry. And there's sort of um, (laughs) disdain for the question. (laughs) 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 Or the mere suggestion that she would not have the required food to supply both. Absolutely. That question. So offensive. Gone. A line through that one. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Scared to ask the next one. Music or games? Music. Okay, but fully aware she also has games provided. Yeah. Um, <laughs> culture or politics? Culture. Nice. Signature dish. I find that really hard to say. Lemon meringue pie. So that's definitely dessert. Lemon meringue pie. Lovely. <laughs> Very. Um. What would that be described as? Tart. Tart. The taste. What would that be? I yeah, get... it's tart. It's quite a tart. 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 Mm-hmm. It's a tart uh, tart. It's lovely. So we, we, we've got wine, gin, vegan, starter and dessert, music, culture, and followed off by definitely dessert. We've also had the starter, lemon meringue pie. Yeah. It's lovely. And we've got a, nice evening. a lot of acrylic. Yeah, so many acrylic nails. But you've actually gone with music over games. So you're going to allow them some music going on because if you're playing music it's if i mean if you play trivial pursuit or kaplunk they're going to be distracted from music but if you play the music i guess maybe that would channel it and get it out of the way just a bit of karaoke oh i just think we should listen to somebody else's music though like not they don't oh god how do you think that's gonna go down <laughs> if i just pop on ella fitzgerald <laughs> and go she's my favorite <laughs> i don't know what to tell you <laughs> Just the soundtrack to Legally Blonde, the musical. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. We will now go over my guesses for who I chose. Okay. Um, this is no pressure for you to uh, to substitute any of your choices. You've chosen who you've chosen. This is just, I did a bit of research and who I thought you would have. Okay, <laughs> this is how I perceive you. Oh Alive. Nigel Farrar. No, right, okay. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Wolf. I completely think that's a reasonable guess. I adore her. I'm such a big fan. I love her comedy and I want to be here when I grow up. Catherine, what, what is it about American stand-ups that just, why are they so much more untouchable? Okay, apart from the fact that they're 5,000 miles away, why are they sort of put up on a more of a pedestal than, than, than we are, do with our own? Um, I'm not sure. I think they have a, they do something very different to what we do, which is that um, Americans start with huge stage personas, mm. huge confidence, no apologies. Not I'm learning, like I'm learning, but I'm not learning how to be on stage. Like they, I feel like I've been at open mics in New York and just seen people like walk on, like they don't give a shit about the audience. They're not here for you. They're here to speak some truths, tell some jokes. Yes. And like, like small to them looks scared. Small to them looks apologetic. Small to uh. them looks, um, less than confident so everyone even the like weirdo cutesy quirky ones is like what up <laughs> yeah like, i am what? a star yeah this is rock yeah. and roll yeah even if my whole thing is i i'm a wallflower oh totally i'm the most like, rock and roll wallflower you've ever seen i'm rock yeah. and wallflower the wallflower comes out like i'm really weird guys <laughs> and you're like whoa whereas like um with us we come out like Right, um, obviously I'm new, so I'll just uh, earn this for a bit. And then um, when I get a bit better, I'll kind of be like, hey, do you want to hear a joke that I think is pretty good? And then uh, if I get really pro, I'll be like, no, stop it. And that's the whole trajectory. So it's so limiting. So look at any of theirs and it's so much more, mm. they're like, we're here to do a job. And we're just like, I'm really sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for 20 minutes with a couple of jokes. Yep. Oh, didn't know, did you like it? Thanks. No, 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 no. Uh, it just, sometimes you get lucky, don't you? Sometimes you get lucky. Uh, just like, I'm, sure, so... I'm sure someone else could have thought about that before me, yeah. but, but I've just done it. It's so great. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Thrilled you like. Thanks very much. So that's our own bad. That's it. And that's and Michelle Wolf. Phenomenal. Oh my God. She's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. I saw her twice with that both oh. time like two very significant times one i saw her do what became her netflix special at like 1 a.m in mel at melbourne comedy festival oh. and the room was full of comics and she gave a fucking master class on how to do stand-up and it was like everyone was sat on the actual edge of their seats like incredible unbelievable. and then the other time so that was like she had everyone in the palm of her hand and she absolutely reveled in it enjoyed it and, and was like worth all of the adoration and then another time was in Dublin she was headlining a festival I was doing there and uh, Irish people didn't have a fucking clue who she was no. on the whole people were like who so oh. the tent was full because there were big names on the on the bill but then like, oh. this American came out to headline and people Irish people start off being like oh no why are you American ah. um, so, you know, there's like this, like, don't tell us that you're related to us. Don't want to know if you're from here. Just yeah. Do your we like, don't want that connection that you like, seem, Americans yeah. seem to love with the Irish. Yeah. Just like, just tell. And, and she didn't do any of that. And she came out and was like, so like, I watched her. She took her jacket off at one point. Like, that's how much she was working for it. Like, I could see her oh, being like, wow. Oh. And she got them. Yeah. Because she's amazing. And it didn't take Yeah, I was going to say, she got but, them. I could see her headlining this gig, knowing that she's like so internationally famous, absolutely loving having to convince this field full of Irish people that she was the shit. And I was like, but that is the right attitude. I was like, that's why you're amazing. Cause you're like, that's what, yes, let's Yes. Go. Cause we would have been, I'm going to leave you now. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You don't like me already? Oh, then uh, my God, sorry. And she was like, oh, okay. And dead. Similar vein, Joan Rivers. Oh, good choice. 
yeah good choice uh joan rivers is like my first comedy influence probably. oh yeah I, 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 i'll be honest i didn't find anything online that suggested that i just thought she is somebody who i thought you'd maybe have some questions for i have loads of questions for her um yeah like her um yeah i, I think she's an amazing she was an amazing stand-up and uh some questionable views on Palestine but I don't think I'd open with those um and uh, she's but no I I adore her and I um and she was yeah the first female stand-up I saw and I was like oh. and she was obviously shocking and horrendous and like oh yeah and um and yeah I mean I mean astounding apps I would that's a really good shout I would love to have her for dinner and as a guest <laughs> Sounded like oh, you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said it would be vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fictional. Mm. I went with uh, Joe from Little Women. Oh my God, I prefer all your choices. I'm like, this dinner party sounds amazing, except I like, I need to insist upon it being Joe from Little Women as played by Winona Ryder and not Saoirse oh, Ronan. Not Saoirse Ronan, fine, great. Not that yeah. Saoirse is not great, but, I ha- but the specific the scripting OG. of the, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously the OG is the literary Joe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, given we have to manifest her in, um, in bodily form, I would like it in, in Winona's version, please. Yeah, I love your choices. <laughs> so again, with Jake, n- no points, but A for effort. Yeah, a really good friend, like A plus. We've got the toughest, toughest part of the podcast. We now have to choose one of your three choices to go through to the ultimate dinner party. We've got it down to uh, what was it, Pauletta Doolidge, Coolidge. No, that's that's her that's her fake name and her real surname. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Bonafonte, I, I believe is how you say it. So uh, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be her. I'm sorry. No, with all Coolidge. respect to her, if she's listening. Yeah, um, she's so it's, cool. But no, I think ultimate dinner party. Like, obviously, at that point, I'd be married to Etta, so we'd be hosting together. Um, Love where this is going. I mean, so yeah. I guess we just we'd pick Dolly. I am so happy you did that because I was uh, as we were doing the podcast, I was thinking, did Joanne and I? What did we do in the end? Just so you know, I don't know. I think I believe the reason for not shafting, but not choosing Dolly Parton, well, she might come up again. We produced, so we actually ended up choosing, she chose Jonathan Creek. Oh, for Dolly Parton. Now we can get you two back on and you can argue this out. I don't know how we justified not having Dolly, but I was glad that we did not have to do this for the second time because I, I can see how that hurt you. Me. No, I, no. I feel like if you knew this before you'd come on, you wouldn't have come on. Um, no. <laughs> We're going Dolly Parton. Yes, we are. Perfect choice. Thanks. Catherine, um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was fun. You looked confused, like you were really worried what I was going to say then. I know. I was like, for a second, I thought you were like going to be like, there's another knock at the door. I was like, I don't want to have anybody else. I was like, how long does this podcast record for? I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to go, Jake. I got to go. Oh my God, this, no. Thank you. And your your gigglers, will gigglers continue? Yeah, definitely. So um, if anybody doesn't know, it's an online gig that I run every week on a Thursday. And look, in reality, it doesn't seem to me like we're going to be getting back to live gigs anytime before June. So I'll certainly keep it up until then. It's been going almost a year now. So why not carry on? And um, Festival this month? Yeah, end of March, 20th and 21st. We're doing um, two days of hour-long previews for... 10, 10 comedians doing new material, new shows. Um, and maybe I'll do another one closer to the summer. Lovely. And, um, yeah, and it's just a, it's a really nice gig where what has, what has been lovely about it, because it's obviously all comedians I love and admire doing new material, what has been really heartening about it is people keep asking me like, oh, do you think after lockdown, everyone's just going to be talking about the same thing? Like everyone's just going to be talking about lockdown. 
and COVID. And if the hundred odd comics I've seen do new material over the past eight months is anything to go by. No, like we are imaginative, funny, wonderful people. And I've just every week been blown away by everyone's capacity to keep writing jokes during a really horrible time. And I'm really excited for everybody's new stuff. I didn't even think of that. That's such a good point that you obviously you get to see everybody still going. So you get mm -hmm. to see that that is not the case. It's really not. And people are like, yes, pe some people are acknowledging what's happening, but in mm. totally like unique ways and with different attitudes and different approaches. And also like people have loads of stuff going on and also clowns are silly and weird and wonderful. And um, yeah, I'm, I've been really like weirdly, not to be patronizing, but like quite proud of all the comments because oh. I've been like, you know, it's hard at the minute to keep being like creative or, you know, make people laugh. And everyone's doing really well. You were wonderful when you were on it, and as has everyone oh, else been. You. So I think um, I'm excited for people's new stuff. Well, Hi. thank you for doing it, and well done for doing it. Thanks. Thanks. Gotta keep busy. So that was Catherine. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you agreed with our choices. Please remember to uh, rate and subscribe and like and tell your friends. And as always, I'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.